Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Come on, are you excited to be at church today? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Are you excited to be at church today? (laughs) Six years, come on somebody, six years to the day. Um, This will will only... uh, this will only happen once every six years where it falls on the exact day that the church launched. So September 18, 2016, uh, we started this church. And, man, you saw that video uh, earlier and just all that God has done in six years um, from setting up and tearing down all the salvations that we've seen, people dedicating their lives to Christ, the water baptism, uh, the way that we've been in the community serving. And, I, I mean, I couldn't even tally up all of the hours that you as the body of Christ have been out in the community serving and loving on people uh, through serve days and projects and all of those things that are going on and uh, we we talk about it often but um, as we celebrate six years I was thinking back and uh, our heart behind planting the church was that uh, that we would actually be the church that we would have a place to gather and a place to meet, but that we would actually be the hands and feet of Jesus and be the church in the community, and that uh, that this would be able to be to be said that uh, we're not going anywhere. But if this church ever ceased to exist, that the community would look in and say, "I want them back," because of how we have impacted the community, and that's what that's what we want to be about. And here's and here's the last thing I'll say on this, and then we're going to jump into some things today. Um, we love that you love to come sit in a seat and that you're in groups and that, you know, you're passionate about our church. But what we want for you more than anything is for you to be passionate about Jesus. We want to be people that are passionately in love with Jesus, serving him, following him, and gathering together to celebrate the fact that we are passionately in love with Jesus. And so that's what we want to be about, and we are so thankful for you uh, man, we know that six years isn't even possible without every person sitting in this room. Those that were here at the 9 a.m. service, uh, those that are back in the back, come on, serving in iKids and loving on your kids and leading back there, yeah. When you, when you pick up your kids today, just be sure and tell them thank you uh, and that you're so grateful for everything that they do uh, to love on and pour into your kids and, and, and get the word of God in them, even at such a young age. So uh, we were... We were uh, we have something prepared that we're going to share on, and we do this from time to time. If you've been a part of our church, you know this. Just every so often, we'll kind of sit down, and it's a little bit different, but we'll just kind of have a conversation and talk to you uh, about, you know, something that God is showing us through his word. And before we get into that, we were, we were talking this last week, over the last couple of weeks, and really thinking about what the number six represents. And some of the things that we found was that six can mean uh, connection, sacrifice, intimacy, sacrificial love and relationship and then uh, it ideally represents sacrificial love with our God and that's why we're talking about even this morning uh, before we get into the message how important it is that we just be passionately in love with Jesus that we that that we love him more than we love a building that we love him more than we love you know 
anything that anybody else can do for us, but that we're passionately in love with Jesus. And so that's what we want to be about. And so we, we're, we're honored to be able to sit here. And I think that we have a, a unique opportunity today as really this, you know, at the beginning of the year, we do vision weekend and we talk about everything that God's going to do that year and kind of direction for the church and all of those things. But today, uh, as we celebrate six years of ministry, we have an opportunity to refocus, refocus on our intimacy and our relationship with God, refocus on what it is that God's called us to do uh, and where he's called us to be and all of those things. So uh, as we celebrate six years, we wanted to share something uh, on a subject that's near and dear to our hearts. And so we titled this today, Don't Give Up, Look Up. Don't give up, look up. And I want to pray over this, uh, this word and just believe that the Holy Spirit's going to take the words that come out of our mouth, and he's going to do what only he can do with them, and he's going to touch your heart and speak to you in a very unique way. Come on, do you believe he can do that? So, Lord, we thank you right now for the opportunity to gather in this room and worship you, and God, go through your word, and we thank you for moments like this where we get to sit with our brothers and sisters in Christ and learn and grow and be encouraged. And, Lord, I pray today that you would take these words, you would take this message, you would take this topic, and what your word says about it, and that you would use it to minister to your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Oh, yes. Um, today, our iClub ministry, which is fifth through eighth grade, I forgot to say this. Uh, today's an awesome day because right now we're having, uh, you're in this service. Tonight we have night of worship. In between there, our fifth through eighth graders are going to be out in the community doing random acts of kindness and loving on people and different organizations and stuff all afternoon long. And if you, so if you have a fifth through eighth grader and they want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to, to to let them be a part of that. Uh, they're meeting up right after this service, and so you'll be able to have them be a part of that. If you're a parent of a fifth through eighth grader, uh, you're welcome to tag along as well and just be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, this afternoon. So wanted to let you know about that, yes, before worship night. And then we're going to see you back here at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have a powerful time in the presence of God. Amen. 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 Well, as he said, we're going to be talking to you today um, about don't give up, look up. And and before I even get into that, we felt like specifically where you were to speak to hopelessness, that there are many struggling with hopelessness, but I even felt in that just to remind some that maybe today you say, I'm not struggling with hopelessness, but God just wants to give you fresh eyes for your life. I think as humans, we can be busy just running and doing the normal day-to-day -day routine things, and, and we quit looking for him and his hand in our lives. So... So regardless of where you land in that spectrum of maybe you are in this moment of you're just feeling hopeless or you just, you need the Lord just to give you fresh eyes for your life. I think either way this can apply. But I, I heard a pastor say a few weeks ago, he said that hopelessness is the heart disease for believers and the church. And when I heard him say that, the Lord had already been stirring in our hearts this, this message about hope. And I thought, how true is it that, that the enemy wants to steal our hope? And, and we all have been in moments where I'm sure every one of us, even we sit up here and have had our moments where we struggle with feeling hopeless. You know, feeling hopeless, honestly, I believe that it can be a, a dangerous place to be. Not that it's not, there's no shame in that because just as I just said, we have moments of feeling hopeless, but it's just not staying there. It's surrounding ourselves just like what we talk about with grow groups, people that love the Lord and can remind us of the hope we have in God. You know, David, he wrote in Psalm 27, 13 through 14, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 
And as I read that, I thought, how does our heart take courage? How did in this moment David's heart take courage? And I believe it was because he chose hope. He chose to look up. Because verse 13 tells us, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. And the reality is we know life doesn't always look good. But our God is always good. Psalm 27, 13 through 14, the Passion Translation says, Yet I believe with all my heart that I will see again your goodness, Yahweh, in the land of life eternal. Verse 14, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. And I just wonder, as I read that and I meditated on that, you know, we can see all throughout the psalm of of David's highs and his lows. It was like we were getting a glimpse into what we all face in life is highs and lows, right? Good times, hard times. But we got to see a glimpse in David consistently coming back to praising the Lord, choosing hope. And we see where he's declaring over himself that he's going to see God's goodness. And because of that, he's to never lose hope. And in a room this size, I bet there are a lot of us, if we were to uh, ask this question, how many of you have ever felt hopeless before? Or feel like even right now in this moment, you feel hopeless, like you're in a hopeless situation or you just can't see a way out of it. Here's, uh, Here's what we know to be true about hope, is that hope is not necessarily a feeling. Hope is a choice. And we have to choose to pick up hope and choose to take the hope that has been made available to us through Jesus. Um, hope isn't wishful thinking. It's confident expectation. It's not just wishing that things will get better. It's actually having confident expectation, not in yourself and your own abilities, but in the ability and who God is, that he's always good and always faithful and will always see us through. And so hope is this picture of not that I'm wishing everything will get better in my life. Not that I'm wishing that all my problems will go away. Hope is found whenever we we look to the one who is the source of hope. And we take up the hope that he's already made available to us. That even in the middle of what I'm walking through, I can still have hope and I can be hopeful. Because hope is, it's, it's confident expectation in what God can do. In your life, hope is the bridge between pain and our purpose, or destruction and destiny. It's it's what you know takes us. It's between the struggle and seeing what God has for you. It's it's like God's taking you on this journey, and you pick up hope, and He's helping you to see differently, to think differently, to uh, have a different perspective in in all these ways because you've decided. You know what? Hope is not a feeling that I'm waiting on. Hope is something that I can reach out and I can take because Jesus has already made it available for me. Amen? The fact is that uh, some of us may feel like we've lost hope today, and we just need to be encouraged. Uh, And maybe you're thinking, I just need some help. I just need some help because you feel hopeless. And we don't just need help. We need hope. We don't just need help in our lives. We need hope. And I, and I, I pray that there are people all around you that are helping you and that are encouraging you and, and lifting you up. Come on, we know that God's word says to you know, pity the person who falls and doesn't have somebody around them to pick them up. That hopefully you've surrounded yourself with people that can lift you up when you are feeling hopeless and you are feeling down. But ultimately, hope comes from God. And we don't just need help. We need hope today. We need to hope again today. So... As we go through this, we're going to pull out 
um, just four things uh, on the importance of hope, and that's our prayer is that you would walk out today feeling hopeful because you have picked up hope today and you've understood what it is and the importance of hope in your life. So uh, we're going to jump into these four things. I'll let you take the first one here. So point number one is hope is a gift. I, I can't just, I got this visual of like, here we have a gift, and it's a gift God's given us. Hope is like a gift that, like joy, peace, love, it's all a gift from the Lord. Nothing that we deserve, nothing that we've earned, but it's what he gives. But we also have to choose to open it. We get that choice. Uh, we can choose hopelessness, or we can choose hope. We can choose peace today, or we can choose chaos. I mean, truly, it, it, even when we're not experiencing chaos in the world, sometimes it just feels like chaos in our mind. But hope is a gift, and he allows us to choose it. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This verse tells us that God is a God of hope. And he wants to fill us with joy and peace. And I love, this is actually, we, we had had this on our heart for, I mean, it's, it's been a couple of months. And then this month for our iKids, that's the verse for the month for all the kids in that area that they are working on memorizing and learning. And I just love that our kids are being reminded that they serve a God of hope that wants to fill them with peace and joy. And we do too. Another translation of this same scripture says that we can overflow with hope we can overflow with hope the passion translation actually calls him the fountain of hope we serve a god of hope he is a god of hope and no matter where you are um, no matter what challenges you may be facing today you can look up and see your god of hope that wants to help you yeah and that's honestly honestly when i think about romans fifteen thirteen. One of the primary things I think about is we have to be reminded and we have to realize that God is our source of hope. Because there are many times that we put our hope in other people. And we put our hope in, uh, you know, our situation changing. We put our hope in something being different. We put our hope in, you know, like, okay, maybe if I, maybe if I do this, then things will get better. And ultimately, we have to realize that God is our source of hope. You know, as she was talking about one translation, she says he's the, the fountain of hope. He's the source of hope. He's the God of hope. And I was uh, thinking about a couple of verses just over the last couple of weeks. Romans 5, 5, uh, just briefly, it says, Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. And then Proverbs thirteen twelve. many of you are familiar with this proverb. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I was listening to... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a pastor who was uh, speaking on a different topic, but he kind of he jumped into this idea of hope. And one of the things he was talking about, even out of these verses, was that, uh, that Romans 5 is teaching us that God is our hope, and hope in God will never disappoint us, but hope in something else or anything else, it will always disappoint us. You put your hope in something else or somebody else, and you might feel hopeful for three days, three weeks, or a month, or however long, but eventually that runs out because they're not the source of hope. That thing that you go to is not the source of hope. God is the source of hope, and he wants to fill you with, with joy and peace so that you can have hope flowing out of you, that you can abound in hope, you can have overflowing hope out in the 
the, the lobby today on your way out. You can grab a picture to just remember this day. And what it says on the, uh, the photo backdrop there is it says overflowing hope. And it's to be a reminder that God wants to fill you in such a way that you overflow with hope, that you abound in hope. Um, we, could, we could even say it this way, and I love how this pastor pointed this out. He said we can even reword that to some degree and say that misplaced hope is what makes the heart sick. When we place our hope in the wrong person or in the wrong thing, anything other than God, it will always disappoint. And it may seem okay for a while, but it will ultimately always disappoint you. We have to have our hope in God, our hope in God, so that he can fill us and we can be overflowing with hope. We've got to go to the source. You've got to go to the source. Stop looking at the things around you. Stop looking for other people in your life to fulfill what only God can fulfill. You've got to take up the hope that only comes from God. Right. Number two is hope gives us strength. Um, as, our, as he was sharing that other point, um, I did not share this in the first service, but I just felt like the Lord said there's someone in here that you're even struggling with like an overwhelming amount of heartache and that God wants to fill you with hope, that he sees the heartache and just because you choose hope, it doesn't mean that the heartache's not still there. It's just that the hope becomes your focus and not the heartache um, that God wants to heal. So hope gives us strength. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Proverbs 10, 28, the hope of the righteous brings joy. But the expectation of the wicked will perish. What a beautiful reminder that we don't only serve a God of hope, but this hope, when we place our hope in God, we're given joy. And what does the word tell us? That the joy of the Lord is our strength. So today, as we choose hope, we get joy. We can have joy. There's a song that I've had on repeat later, lately, and, and there's a line in it that this week as I listened and we had been preparing, it just stuck out to me like it hadn't before. And it says, don't lose your hope, don't lose your faith. That's where your fight is. And when I heard that line, I thought, no wonder why the enemy wants us feeling hopeless. Because our fight is found when we hope in him, when we look to him. That's where our fight is. That's, that's what keeps us going. God wants us to be filled with hope. And just like what you've said, not just a little, not just a sliver. Because sometimes life may feel like that. I've just got, I'm, I'm holding on by the threads. But that there's hope. And some of you in here, it may not be like, well, I don't feel hopeless. Like You feel like you're walking in what the Lord has called you to, but you're, you're currently facing challenges. You can trust that God will give you creative ways to handle those challenges but you focus on the hope that you have in him. Yeah, and, you know, if, if hope brings us strength and hope brings us joy, then it begs the question that what if we're not experiencing joy in our lives because we've placed our hope in something else? And because we've placed our hope in something else, it's actually stealing our joy or it's stealing our strength because we've placed our hope in things other than God. But when we hope in God, then we receive strength and we receive joy and all of these things start to overflow out of our lives. And hoping in God, it can keep us from growing weary. It can keep us from growing tired because we're not focused on 
you know, the situation that we're in. And our hope is not in the situation getting better. Our hope is in the God who will walk, through a, walk with us through the situation that we're in. And so there's strength and there's joy in that. Here's the third thing that we can understand about hope. Is that hope changes how we see. Hope changes how we see. I love this story. Uh, it's honestly one of our favorite stories. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, The servant of the man of God got up early and went out, and behold, there was an army with horses and chariots encircling the city. Elisha's servant said to him, Oh no, my master, what are we to do? Anybody ever had an oh no, my master, what are we to do moment? You woke up, it says that he got up early and he went out and he saw with his physical eyes the enemy all around them and the enemy was positioned to attack. And he says, oh no, my master, what are we going to do? Come on, if you're like me, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh no, that, that meeting that I need to have, it's still today, right? You know, like, what am I going to do? That person that I, that, I, that I was hoping that I wouldn't encounter, like, I'm probably going to encounter them today. And so, what am I to do, right? We have these moments where it's like we have this, oh no, my master moments. You know, what are we going to do? But I love what the story goes on to tell us because it says, Elisha answered, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. I think that, I think that in that moment when Elisha prayed this prayer and his, ser- and, and his servant's eyes were open. I mean, we know that his servant's eyes were open because he could see the enemy, but it was his spiritual eyes. It was him being able to see from a different perspective, see in a different way that God was still there. That God, that those that were with them were, were greater than those who were there positioned to attack. So Elisha prays this prayer, and his servant's eyes are opened up, and he sees this vision, and he sees all of these, these horses and chariots and, and, and all of the Lord's army that's surrounding the army, the army that's surrounding them, and it brings him hope. It helps him. The fact that Elisha said, no, you, like, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see differently. And when he saw that, he knew, I can, I can place my hope. I can, I can believe that God is going to come through, that God is still here even in the midst of what we see and that doesn't look good, that God is still here. And it gave him different vision to be able to see that. Amen. We actually talked about this last week in our Ladies Armor of God study, our grow group, and we were talking about this, this exact scripture and just we, as we were discussing just the power of prayer the power of prayer, and, and I thought about, you know, how many of you have ever seen a 3D movie? Seen a 3D movie? Some of you. Well, we personally, we don't typically go to see 3D movies because I just find it annoying to have to put on glasses. I've had to put on glasses since I was tiny. I don't want to put on extra glasses to watch a movie, but I thought about with Elisha's servant, he was in a moment where as a human, he saw in 1D. He saw in the natural only what he could see. But when Elisha prayed, Scripture tells us that ask, seek, and you will find. Ask, and you will receive. Knock, and the door will be open. When Elisha prayed for his servant's eyes to be open, he began to see in 3D. He began to see what he couldn't see with his own natural eyes. Because what he saw was just, this is who's coming against us. We're in trouble. 
And some of us, in, some of you currently maybe are looking at situations where you're like, I'm in trouble. I don't know what else to do. And, or we've, you've just faced a moment in the past. But, but what I believe is that we can ask the Lord today, help me see with your eyes. Help me see with the eyes of hope. Help me see in 3D what I don't see in the natural. Help me see what you see. Because it changes things. It changes things. You know, Ephesians 1, 18 through 19 says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Come on, how many of you need your eyes enlightened? The eyes of our heart, we need them enlightened. Enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. So I was thinking about 3D. So some of you, maybe some of you just don't want to participate at church, and that's okay. <laughs> Most of us have probably watched a movie in 3D, and they give you these glasses to put on. And when, when you have the glasses on, you can see things the way that they were intended to be, to be experienced in, in that movie theater. Have you ever taken the glasses off in a 3D movie? What, what is it when you take the glasses off? It's blurry. It's even more annoying than having to keep them on. <laughs> because now the entire picture is, is blurry because you took the glasses off. And in a way, in a, in a sense, that's the way that hope is. And I believe there are some of us that we've taken our glasses of hope off. And we're not hoping in God anymore. And we become distracted. And now everything looks blurry. And we don't know which side is up and which direction to go and what to do and how to handle it or anything like that. Because, because we've taken off the glasses that were intended to help us be able to see the way that God wants us to see. And today, for some of you, you just need to picture it. Even maybe you even picture it in the mornings when you wake up. It's on like, and you, maybe you'll go get like I don't know. Maybe you go get like your own pair of 3D glasses and put it on your nightstand. And every morning when you wake up, it's like you put those things on for a moment to remind yourself, I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna hope in the Lord today. My hope is not in my situation. My hope, my hope is not where I work. My hope is not you know in making more money. My hope is not in the people around me coming through on my behalf. My hope is in God. And even if none of those other things happen the way that I want them to happen, I still have hope because God is unchanging and God is my hope. And so we need to just pick up the glasses maybe today and put on, put on the hope that has been made available to us so that we can see things the way that God intends for us to see them. So um, there's a, another verse here that we want to share, a couple of verses on this point. Genesis 15, 5. This is talking about Abraham, and I love the story of Abraham. He brought him outside and said, talking about God, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now if you know the story of Abraham, you know that Abraham doesn't have a son yet. Abraham doesn't have any, you know, like nobody to inherit anything yet. Like how, and what I think God is doing in this moment is God is, is showing Abraham, he says, hey, look up at the stars, and if you can count them, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Now, I like to think about it, the Bible doesn't tell us this specifically, but I like to think about it that every time Abraham walked outside, maybe in a moment where he was wondering, like, is God going to come through on his promise? And he walks outside and he sees the stars and he remembers, oh yeah, my God always comes through and my God made me a promise. And every time he saw those stars, it was like a, it was a, a it came to his memory that God made me a promise and I can hope in him. Because he will always come through on his promise. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, and this is actually the good word translation. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster, plans to give you a future filled with hope. You know, uh, other you even read in other versions where it'll just say a future of hope, but I, I just love the way this translation just, it just clearly said filled with hope. The Lord does not want us just... I'm clinging to hope, and honestly, some moments there are those, but, but once again, when we surround ourselves with people that can remind us where our help and our hope comes from, it's from the Lord. And I love, if you go back, go back and read um, even before this, because this, this is what's encouraging to me, because this is God speaking to his people, saying, I have plans to give you a future filled with hope, like I have plans for good for you. And if you go back and you read what was going on, it did not look good. And in the midst of what God's people were walking through, primarily because of the decisions they had made, God is still declaring over them that, hey, I'm able, this is what I have planned for you. I'm able to give you a future and give you hope and give you peace and give you joy and all of these things. And, and they just needed to turn to him. They just needed to place their attention back on him and their focus back on him and begin to follow him again in the way that he always intended for them to follow him. And so you need to be encouraged today that even if you're walking through something difficult right now, I believe that, that the same God is declaring over you and he's, he's looking you in the eyes this morning to say, I'm able to do this. This is who I am. You just need to place your hope in me. And not in what's going on, not in your circumstance changing or things shifting, but place your hope in me. And you know, this, this as he pointed out, what's, what's said before Jeremiah 29, 11 is because we get to choose hope. We get to choose to go to God and ask him, give us a vision. Give us a, give us a, even if it's not a literal vision of what's going to happen, although I know, I do believe he does that sometimes, but it's just a vision of hope, a, a vision of good. Habakkuk 2, 2 also reminds us to write it down so we don't forget. And th honestly, I believe it's just so that we can stay. That's not exactly what the verse says. I encourage you to go back and read it in Habakkuk 2, 2. But, but that I encourage you, I, I believe that the reason why we're called to write it down is because it keeps us filled with hope. This is one of the reasons why I personally, I journal. I write down the things that God has done in my life so that in moments where I'm feeling discouraged or whatever, I can go back and see countless times where the Lord's been faithful and what he did in and through things that honestly at times where we were, we had a vision of some, we had a visual of what we thought it was going to happen and it didn't turn out like that at all. But here's the reality. We can trust that God opens and closes the doors that need to be open if we'll just seek him. And we can ask for that. Lord, open the doors, close the doors, whatever your will be done. And he wants to, he wants to help us. He wants to fill us with hope. Philippians 4, 8 reminds us to think on good things, pure things, holy things. And, and I think that one of the ways that we find this hope, the, one of the ways that we choose this hope is we choose to think on those things. I wrestle with this scripture a lot. Even right now, there's a grow group happening that's winning the war in your mind. And, and it's all about choosing to think 
on good things, even when good things aren't happening. And it's not saying, I'm saying, well, it's not happening. This isn't what's really happening. But I choose to magnify God bigger than anything else that I may be facing. Bigger than any, whatever it is. Whether it's just a a challenge that you face in life. We know that day to day, whether in our work or in our family or in our marriage or whatever, we'll face challenges, but we serve a God of hope. Yeah, and here's here's the last thing that we want to touch on before we sing and pray. Um, it might be the most um, the one that you're the most familiar with, and that's hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor. Now I want to read uh, this verse to you that uh, you know how you know the the artwork that we put in our homes and stuff. You know, it's like we want to have the scripture verses and things like that. And there's like certain ones. Come on, you go to Hobby Lobby and there's like all the verses. You know that that you that you know are like the most popular verses and they'll take the same verse and put it on something that looks completely different you know and you're like oh we need to change that out in our house and make it look like this come on you know what i'm talking about this is one of those verses and we even have something hanging in our home that we've had for years that that quotes this verse as a reminder Uh, and this is why if you didn't get it today on your way out we want you to get one but everyone should have gotten this little anchor when you came in today And it's to remind you of this point as we end this message that hope is an anchor. Here's what Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says. That we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. A hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain. Um, here's Here's what we believe. The enemy knows that hope makes us dangerous to him. If you ever stop hoping, if the enemy can steal your hope then he might be able to take you out. If you don't, if you can't see anything other than the difficulty that you're in in the moment, and you start becoming discouraged, you become weary, you start quitting things, you start walking away from things, you start turning to things that that you do not need to be turning to, that you know you can't find hope in that, but it's all because the enemy, he is intentional to try to steal our hope. If we start feeling hopeless, then other things start falling apart. Because we stop, we have lost hope in the only one who can sustain us, provide for us, heal us, deliver us, set us free. I mean, all of those things, it's, it only comes from God. And when he gets our attention off of God and we, 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 like we walk away from hoping in God, we feel like our situation is hopeless, then that's a dangerous place to be. But he also knows that whenever your hope is in God, that no matter what comes your way, No matter what happens to you, no matter what you face when your hope is in God, you can overcome anything. You can have peace in the middle of the storm because your hope is in God. You can know that I may not be able to see the end of this right now, but my hope is in God and I know that he's with me right in the middle of this. Hope is a powerful, powerful thing. And when you think about an anchor, hope, it anchors our soul. It anchors our, it's an anchor for our soul. The right hope in God, what Jesus has done for us, it anchors our soul. And that's why we have to hold on to hope. We have to hold on to hope and not allow the enemy to, to cause us to fall into a place where we feel hopeless. No, you got to get up tomorrow and remind yourself, no, my hope is not in, in situations and things around me. My hope is in God. My hope is in him. Our hope isn't from a lack of troubles. It's found in knowing the one who gets us through the troubles.
Amen. And, you know, I we had asked the, the team that helped decorate, we asked them to just have a boat on stage. And, and I love, um, that was always said, just have a boat. And, um, and they actually made this a sailboat. What they didn't know was actually in my notes that I had already put about that, that we as sons and daughters of God were called to be sailboats. Because what's the difference between a sailboat and a regular boat that has a motor? I'm steering the boat that's got the motor. But when I'm a sailboat, he's leading me. And honestly, like, I just wonder if, like, some of us in here, me included, need to dump the motor and put the sail on and let let him lead you. (laughs) I was reminded of this story in the Bible where um, I couldn't tell you where it's found because it was just during worship that I was reminded of it, but I was reminded of the story. And, and in, in reference to keep, keep hoping is um, the story of when, you know, what became the disciples. You know, they're, they're in the boat fishing, and Jesus comes along, and he tells them where to throw their net out. How many of you know that he didn't tell them to go to a different spot to throw their net out? He had them throw the net out in the exact same spot. And they said, but we've done this. We, we, uh, there's nothing. And yet Jesus said, throw it out in the same spot. And for some of you in here, I, I just felt led to remind you that it, it's not about you moving to a different place. It's about you continuing to hope. Because some may feel like, I've been asking. I've been seeking. I've been believing, and I've thrown the net out. I've hoped. I've expected for good. I've expected for God to move. And he just said, just wait. Throw your net out again. Because if you know the story that I'm referring to, when they pulled the net back in, their boat was filled to overflowing with fish. And that is the way God wants us as his sons and daughters, filled to overflowing with hope. Don't give up. Look up. He's a God of hope that wants to fill your heart, your mind, your soul with hope to overflowing. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, you serve a God of hope. I want to end with this quote, and then we're going to pray. Max Licato, he said this, that God is able to accomplish, provide, help, save, keep, subdue. He is able to do what you can't. He already has a plan. God is not bewildered. Go to him. You might be bewildered. God is not bewildered. You may be struggling. God is not struggling. You may feel hopeless, but God is full of all the hope that you need. And we just need to turn our attention back to him and put our focus back on him and go to him as the source of our hope. Our hope is not in our situation changing. Our hope is in the God who can do the impossible, but even when we're walking through something, he walks with us through it. The God who's in the fire. The God who's walking it out with us and leading us along the way. Amen? Will you stand to your feet today? We want to end in this way. just felt led to um, honestly just pray this morning for those of you that are in the room or if you're watching online right now that you've, you have felt hopeless and you may even feel hopeless right now. 
and we just felt led to pray over you and pray for you. And I'll go ahead and invite the prayer team to come down. You guys can go ahead and come down front. We're going to have a time of prayer in just a moment. But right there where you are, will you bow your heads and just close your eyes in just a moment with just you and the Lord. And, and this is all I'm asking you to do. I want to pray over you before we sing this song. But if you're here today and you've been struggling with hopelessness and you say, you know what, include me in that prayer. I, like right now, there's, there's nothing crazy about lifting a hand or anything like that. I think today it's just acknowledging that, that you just need God. You need to turn your attention back to Him and you just want to receive prayer today. If that's you, I just want you, I'm going to pray. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hands right where you are and I want to pray for you. Lord, today you see every hand that's raised all across this room. Lord, those that are acknowledging that maybe they've been in a season of feeling hopeless, maybe they've put their hope in the wrong things or in other people that have let them down and other, they put their hope in their situation changing and it hasn't changed and so they're feeling hopeless today. Lord, I pray that our attention would turn to you, that our focus would turn to you, that we would, that we would place our hope in you because you are the God of hope. You are the source of hope. You are the fountain of hope. Like everything that we need to take up hope, it's found in you. And so Lord, today, that's my prayer is that we would pick up the hope that you have already provided for us, that we can walk in it every single day of our lives. And Lord, as we sing this last song together, if there's any person here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, anything in their life, Holy Spirit, will you draw them for prayer today in Jesus' name? Amen.